Welcome to another edition of the Sunday Forum right here on WMNF 88.5 Tampa, Sarasota, St. Pete. And this is your host, Walter L. Smith II, along with the members of the 4th Estate crew. My man Mobili's in studio with me today. Mobili, what's going on? Not too much. Good morning. All right, all right, It's all right, a good morning. Right. <laughs> it's a beautiful morning. First, uh, we're in black, black music yes. month. Okay. Yes. 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 Mobili. <laughs> Now, Black Black Music Month means a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, I mean, we're talking all genres of music, right? And we're talking about people who have, you know, we have contributed and improvised music to a whole nother level mm-hmm. since the industry began right not to mention that the original the original American art form of jazz yes right which you can hear on this station at 6 o'clock tonight ah there you go there you go and sometimes you can hear it on this show sometimes 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 and funk oh yes now being funk really my, celebrated that yeah. was my next move that was my next move there yes. you go let me tell you what now, Mobili, you just told me about something today, and we're gonna we're gonna listen to it in a minute. We're gonna listen to it in a minute. We're gonna share our love of music with everybody today, because yeah. this is this is Black Music Month, Black right. Music History Month, right? That's right. All right. So we're gonna share some of these things today, 
Um, because one of the things that 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 people would would um, people don't like to admit it, but the early days of radio in our generation, right, um, didn't have a lot in the way of music that was put out there by us. What do I mean by that? The music was created by us, but a lot of times it was stolen and used uh, and played and performed by white uh, performers, right? Uh, one of the one of those one of those uh, pieces would be one of the most famous, perhaps, would be uh, "Hound Dog," right? Uh, yeah, which was originally <laughs> done by Big Mama Thornton, right? But yeah. it ended up being played by. Elvis Presley, the king, right? Mm-hmm. He was became famous really by Elvis Presley, right? But it's only until it's only until recently that we discovered that. Now there are those people who knew this before, right? But it's yeah. only recently that mainstream history or main or that America as a whole began to began to really understand that this was what was happening, right? And that these there are a bunch of songs out there that were done. By black performers that ended up, but by, by black artists uh, that ended up being uh, done by white artists, right? right? Um, even in Puerto Rico, uh, you had people like uh, Ismael Rivera, right? Now in Puerto Rico, it was a bit different. They didn't do the same thing. What happened in Puerto Rico is they would take um, the lead singer, whatever that lead singer was, and put the same thing they did here. From this perspective, they would put cream on their face and straighten their hair in order for them to be able to perform on TV. Yeah. Hmm. And it happened to Ismael Rivera, um, to Celia Cruz to a degree, right? Um, because her her group, any group that she was that she was playing with, had to be lighter skinned. Hmm. At least majority in some way, they had to be lighter skinned or further in the back. Right while she performed, and it was—I mean, it, it's been a whole history of these types of things. And one of the places you can go and find out more information about that here in the state of Florida is at the Black Archives at Florida A and M University. We have a Black Archives there, and uh, I remember as a child, uh, Mr. James Eton. Those of you who went to family, you, you, you got Etonized. <laughs> he was—he was the professor, James Eton, one of my father's best friends. Uh, who was the curator for many years of the Black Archives and kept it going to the day he died, literally. Cool. And uh, James Nathaniel Eton's his name. And he was a tremendous historian. We traveled, literally, he and my father traveled the world um, getting information that we could bring back to, uh, that they, excuse me, because I traveled with a lot of times, but... Uh, that they would bring back and present at the Black Archives. Uh, and that was one of the things that, that he taught me was I spent hours as a child in the Black Archives. Hours upon hours of time. Um, quality time. That's quality time. That was quality time. For a child, you were getting some real knowledge in the real oh, science. Yeah. I mean, really, man. I mean, there's a lot of types of things there. But I, I urge people to go. If you're in Tallahassee, please go by and visit the Black Archives on the campus of the highest of Seven Hills, Florida A&M University. Well, yeah. And you'd be surprised at the history that of, of crisis and racism that black artists have had to go through. I mean, he just... You might find it weird, but there were times when there was a black uh, artist, but the person on the cover was white, mm-hmm. or the group on the cover was white, mm-hmm. or there was head-to-head competition. Everybody remembers the Jackson 5, oh, wow. and their success yes. had to be followed by the Osbournes. Yeah, right, 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 right. So, everybody looked. Everybody, who didn't like Donnie and Marie, right? Right. Who didn't like We like, all were a little, a little bit, bit country. country and a little bit rock and roll, right? right. And, I mean, they had the Donnie and Marie uh, Osmond Hour, you know. Yeah. I mean, everybody loved Donnie and Marie, and everybody loved the Jackson 5 and Little Michael. That's right. right? So there was that competition. And even even in, even in within the black music industry, you had competition because the Jacksons really set the pace for a new generation of, of uh, group of, of, how would they call it, 
group music, I think. Uh, <laughs> music groups. Music groups. I, I'm not sure uh-huh. how they would put it necessarily. But they really set the pace, especially for when it came to families. Right. That were like the Silvers. The Silvers were the answer. More. Were the first real answers to the to the Jackson Five was the Silvers of of black groups, right? Mm-hmm. The Silvers was a group of of I think Jesus man, I think it was like ten, maybe twelve of those kids, mm-hmm. I mean, and they and they all had froze and everything, right? Sound more like sliding the family stone. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you had uh, another family that came out that a lot of people know, DeBarge. That's right. The bars became the next answer to the Jacksons. Nobody yeah. could quite touch the Jacksons. Nobody could quite touch the Jacksons. The Silvers came very close, but no cigar. The barge, the barge did, but drugs got in the way. Right, all of them. Drugs got in the way. And you know, maybe that's the reason why Janet Jackson, in terms of them being similar, <laughs> married wanted married the barge, but yeah. Did they have a baby? I don't know. I don't. Yeah, that's been a, been a point of contention. We're not going to go there. We're not, not going to go there. We're not going to go there. Well, we are tuned. We are here at the Sunday Forum. And I'm glad you mentioned Puerto Rico because there is some news out of Puerto Rico. Hundreds of Puerto Ricans have crowded into, at least yesterday, into a convention center where federal legislators are holding a public hearing to decide the future of the island's political status as the U.S. territory struggles to recover from hurricanes, earthquakes, and a deep economic crisis. And so yesterday's hearing comes two weeks after a group of Democratic Congress members, including the House Majority Leader and one Republican, proposed what would be the first ever binding plebiscite that would offer voters in Puerto Rico three options, statehood, independence, or independence with free association Whatever that means, whose terms would be defined following negotiations. <laughs> I don't know, that sounds a little iffy to me. Too much mm. of a blank space there, but it sounds like a new type of colonialism when you talk about uh, independent, uh, independence with free association. Yeah. But the proposal is not expected to survive in the Senate where Republicans have long opposed statehood. So I'm not sure why, but uh, maybe it's because it's an island of color that might vote Democratic. <laughs> so if they become a state, we'd, they'd lose that electoral college uh, advantage they have, giving small states more power. Perhaps, perhaps. I mean, there's a, there's a lot to be said for that. There's a lot to be said for that. Um, let me just say, um, <laughs> Puerto Rico has a long history clearly, of these types of issues, right? Um, I think I've seen this before, a plebiscite, but they're saying is it the first ever? Yeah. Binding, yeah. binding, that's first the key word, binding, binding, binding plebiscite. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Puerto Rico has always been uh, a thorn, if you will. People have considered it to be a thorn in the side of the United States. Um there was a point in the United States history where Cuba and Puerto Rico were both going to be considered to be slave colonies, right? Colonies where black people were going to be, would be sent because there was a point where they were trying to figure out what to do with us. And you had to break us right, right. <laughs> somewhere. Right. So they were going to make those slave colonies, right? Mm. Uh, that's as early as the 1700s, right? Just after independence. Right, I mean that. Mm-hmm. That's that's weird, right? Yeah. But now, but going into the 1800s, there was still that argument: what to do with these countries. Uh, then their fight for independence, especially Cuba's fight for independence, uh, became a, a real, real point of contention. Why? Because it was so close to the United States. And number one, number one, and number two, it was an opportunity for the United States to actually maintain or to become the savior. Mm. of these countries, right? Um, you know, in, in let's say Cuba, right? Let's take Cuba. Cuba, in Cuba's situation, um, they, what did we do? We interfered in 1898. Right? Yeah. In, the, in their war of independence by actually blowing up a ship. It's been said that we blew that ship up <laughs> in the harbor of Cuba, and then uh, and, and then gave us an, and then blamed it on the Spanish, and then gave us a reason for entering that war, right? 
you mm. know, Teddy Teddy Roosevelt, the Rough Riders, the Buffalo Soldiers that were involved. Hence the the reason for one of the reasons why there was a song, the Buffalo Soldiers. Talking about the yeah. Buffalo Soldiers, right? Um, but then you know, fast forward, looking at Puerto Rico specifically, the issue around Puerto Rico and its statehood is a long-standing argument. Mobili, man, mm-hmm. I mean, um, there are internal squabbles on the island. Uh, some of them, some of them racial, some of them just national, nationalistic, and a lot of it is. Um, you, you look at the flag, right? Look at the flag, and you look at the suit. Like we came back with a souvenir one time. We went to Puerto Rico. Uh-huh. Came back, and so we get back. Hey, Cynthia. Uh, good morning. <laughs> Thank you for joining us here on the Sunday Forum. Uh, you get back, and you hear. Uh, you know, we, we we got we got these these T-shirts, right? And I seen them around town, and I I knew what it was. It was the black and white Puerto Rican flag, right? And I knew what it was because I knew it was associated with the issue of independence. But if you ask young Puerto Ricans, ask them, yeah. what does that shirt mean? Many of them cannot tell you what that means. Hmm. Many of them cannot tell you what that means. Now, on the island, perhaps, they'll be able to tell you. But here in the United States, where so many are coming here to the mainland, they cannot tell you what that means. That's a problem. Yeah. The reason that's a problem, you can imagine, is because it, for nationalist reasons, right? You had a black man by the name of Abisu Campos, who was one of the first black people to attend Harvard and graduate his law school, right? Uh, was yeah. a, was a was a black officer in World War One that had to serve obviously with black troops. Um, Abisu Campos was murdered by the United States, held in, in prison and murdered by the United States with by injection, by way of injection, wow. right, uh, of radioactive material that gave him cancer and everything, and until to torture him into admitting that he was responsible for a uh, an inv- not an invasion but um, an intrusion, a breaking into capital uh, on the part of Puerto Rican nationalists. Uh, that led to the death of one of the oh, senators. Yeah, yeah and I mm-hmm. think it was in nineteen fifty-eight, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but nevertheless, the bottom line is these people were the independent, the independistas, if you will. Right? These are people who wanted Puerto Rico to be independent. And at this particular point, it was possible. Yeah. It was really, really possible at a much better. There was much a much better and easier way, possibly because it's so early in, in Puerto Rico's modern history to do it. Fast forward. We've had the storms. We've right. had all these things that have happened. We've had we've had uh, their their hands have been tied economically because of uh, laws and legislations that have been done federally that have kept them from being able to control their own economic destiny. That is a problem, and right. it's led to this is led to the splintering of of the feelings of whether or not. Puerto Rico should be a state, a colony. I say colony because I hate when people talk about it's a territory. No, <laughs> it's a colony. A colony or it should, if it should be independent. That, that when we talk independence, and remember that shirt, remember I was saying about the shirt with the black and white flag? Okay, the symbol of the independistas in Puerto Rico is a black and white flag. It's a black flag with a white cross in the middle of it. Huh. That is a symbol of Puerto Rican independence. Uh, you know, it's independence from, you know, total, complete independence. Right, right. You know, those people who were, uh, who were against statehood. So, you know, that is a, you know, as I said, it's a long, long-standing issue. It is. You know, that, that you know, we, again, this is another example of what colonization does. Yeah, this is another example of what colonization does. It is it is something that is destructive. Um, it is uh, the paternalism that exists in in um, in colonization is something that really, man, it, it, it is it is so destructive. And you see this globally. You don't just see it in Puerto Rico. You see this globally 
But yeah. it just happens to be that Puerto Rico is one of those situations that is unique because of the of the decision now that it has to make. That, that, that sooner or later it was going to have to make. And now it's in a situation where, you know, if they go independent, there are those who will say it will be fine as, as an independent nation. I am not quite sure that that's the case. Hmm. I am not sure that that's... Now, as much as I would love to see that happen, now understand, let me just be clear about this, as much as I would love to see that happen, the reality is that there's a lot of corruption internally, there's a lot of uh, there are a lot of infrastructural issues, like physical infrastructural issues. There are a lot. There's a lot of money that is that's going to be needed. Now, mind you, it is a vacation destination. Now, without question, it is. It's a beautiful place, but people have ravaged it so much. Um, right. So, uh, being a state statehood status wouldn't give it protection. Uh, it would just be a uh, an attractive place for the rich to go and control. I'm Imagine sure. the taxes, dude. Imagine the taxes you'd have to pay. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. I'd be curious. I'd be curious to see what the people would ultimately choose. That's going to be interesting to see. Yeah. Be very interesting to see. Well, we do. We did, like I said, talk about black music. And uh, mentioned. Remember, I mentioned Family Stone. Today is Freddie Stone's birthday, aka Freddie Stewart. But it is his. He's seventy five years old. Is he seventy five? Yeah. <laughs> Rock musician it's, Freddie Stone, aka Freddie Stewart. It's hard to believe that people like this are like seventy five years old. People <laughs> like Sly Stone or, or uh, what's what's uh, uh, Daryl Hall. Oh yeah, John Oates, yeah. like in the seventies, man. Yeah, they got to get there sometime. Uh, yeah, I know, man. But <laughs> God, dog, bro. I mean, and and they, and the, these guys look good. They look good for uh, the age, man. I mean, yeah. they, they've done well. They've done well. Apparently, it is also Kenny G's birthday. How old is that? It's <laughs> sixty-six. Jesus, man, sixty-six. So yeah, mm. they're they're part of the the. The uh, upper echelon at this point. They're yes. the admirals of music. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. If you want to call in, you can. 813-239-9663. We are talking about black music history right now. And, and, and periodically, we're going to throw in some other news here uh, so that we yeah. can keep it going. Uh, Mobile, check it out. <laughs> we have a situation over Silver Oaks, man. That we're uh, gonna talk about today. We're gonna talk about it today. Um, we cannot let. As I said, I promised everybody I was gonna maintain. Um, put my keep my finger on the pulse of what's going on at Silver yeah, Oaks. The housing thanks to, community. Yes, thanks to Alicia Oates. Thank you very much for the work that you're doing. Uh, thank you to uh, NAACP and, and Connie Burton. Um, thank you so much for doing what you're doing. Um, Yvette Lewis. Thank you with what you're doing. Uh, April Cobb. Man. Thank you. Thank you, all of you, for everything that you're doing. Uh, let me tell you, that's craziness what's happening over there. Absolute craziness. And the fact that we are... Uh, oh, 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 and I got to thank LULAC. LULAC. Um, the, let me tell you, LULAC has been a tremendous, tremendous help with, uh, with the issue of the housing crisis. Very, very big uh, help there, and um, and for those of you who don't know what LULAC is, it's the League of Un the League of United Latin American Citizens. The League of United Latin American Citizens. Its, it's state president is a man by the name of David Sinclair, newly elected. Uh, he works very hard down here. Uh, shout out to our own our own Getulio Mulatieri for the work he's been doing out there. Yes, uh, he's been working real hard and trying to make sure that we, you know, this thing can be resolved. With the housing crisis, uh, you know, this is getting out of hand, man. We got a lot of homeless yeah. folk out there, and people that are losing, losing their. And it's happening across the board. I mean, Ugh. this the so-called state legislature called itself dealing with the the insurance, the housing insurance crisis. You know, now yeah. you have insurance companies bailing on people. People can't. It makes me not even want to even consider buying, buying a house, home man. right now because you know you've let these roofers come in. And knock on people's doors and and make them uh, basically coerce them into getting roofing insurance, you know, and and, and basically 
filed these false claims for for their roofing. Yes, a new roof, yes. and they didn't need it. And uh, the insurance companies are going belly up. And the only thing that the state legislatures can do is concern themselves with the reinsurance, which is insurance for insurance companies. <laughs> you know, what about the people? What about the people? So you know, another big failure on the part of this state. Man, listen, there's so much going on. The how you got the housing crisis. Oh, then you have the violence, uh, the gun issue. Yeah, listen, man. Oh my God, what are we gonna do? Well, one of the things we're gonna do is on this week, this week, Friday and Saturday. Well, Saturday actually, Fish Grits and Black History is finally going to happen. Okay, yeah. Oh God, and I good. love Fish and Grits. I'll be there, dude. Dude, dude, <laughs> this has been a labor for real, man. To get this library, the Dr. Walter Elspeth Library will be opening, doing a grand reopening finally this week, Friday and Saturday. Come rain or shine, folks. Okay. Come on out. Because we had storms last time. And then the next time we we're going to have it, we had uh, we had a COVID issue that had to be resolved. And then we had, oh, my God. But listen, now we got all this straightened out. Um, we have, uh, we also had a, which was a good thing, um, Dr. Smith's book, The Magnificent Twelve, the second edition, oh. the second edition of that book was finally, uh, is going to be unveiled, going to be unveiled on Friday evening and on Saturday morning at 9 a.m. The ribbon cutting will be held at 9 a.m. at 905 North Albany Avenue. 905 North Albany Avenue. It is a fundraiser. These are fundraiser activities. Um, but anybody, the public is welcome to come out. Welcome to come out to both of these activities. Uh, come be a part of commu- a community resource. Yeah. Supporting a community resource. Um, I'm dying to see the library. Oh, dude, let me tell you. Uh, listen, <laughs> let me tell you. Uh, I've begun working on a bunch of things, bro. Mm-hmm. Uh, with, the, with the Divine Nine. Uh, I'm putting together. I'm, I'm beginning to do uh, information. Put information together for uh, records, like yeah. verbal, like like interviews. Um, organizing that so I can begin doing interviews with the older members of the local graduate chapters, uh, and of the and maybe not be graduate cha- graduate chapters, but they may also be people graduated from Bethune Cookman or Florida A and M or Edward Ward's uh, or Florida Memorial. Uh, or anywhere really, but the older members can give us information about its history, the history of these organizations. Yeah, tremendous, tremendous uh, uh, work because you know a lot. You know, we look at the time period; it's very similar to what was done nearly a hundred years ago with the slave narratives yeah. in 1938. Yeah, right. Uh, so now you have people who are actually passing on, like my own father right. is passed right. on. Right. Thank God we have papers. And documents, yeah. we have his presidential papers and documents that are there uh, that talk about the, the development of the things like the Florida Classic, yeah, um, the history of Bragg Stadium and how it was how it was saved and how FAMU itself was saved, and, yeah. you know, and, and the relationship between the, the uh, uh, FAMU and other historically black colleges and universities. Yeah. Never forget the history. Never. You cannot do it. You cannot do it, man. And you know, we have cities, towns. Right here in Tampa, for instance, that were lost. I started doing interviews with people for that. So we're collecting information now about people uh, and who lived and knew uh, some of the most famous of, of, temp, of Tampanos uh, here in, in the area and Floridians here in the area uh, who grew up in places like the bottom mm-hmm. in East Eden, you know, yeah. uh, Johnson City or Robert City. Robert City. Robert City. Um, you know, Port Tampa areas, you know, places that aren't there anymore. Yeah. You know, we cannot, we cannot afford to lose that history, man. Uh, so, hey, listen, uh, folks, I'm, uh, so check it out, check it out this week, this Friday, 630, 905 North Albany Avenue, 630. Come check out the Dr. Walter L. Smith Library for the Memorial Birthday Party. All right. And then on Saturday, at 9 a.m., we will begin with the ribbon-cutting ceremony uh, of the library for the re- the grand reopening of the library, and we will have fish grits and black history with the panel discussion. That will that will you know we always have good panel discussions, man. Mm-hmm. This these panel discussions going to blow your mind. This is the first one's going to be on the housing crisis, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then the next one is going to be on the issue of violence, and we're going to be talking about. 
uh, Dr. Smith's legacy and the stuff, the, the things that he worked on, and where we go forward with these types of legacies, the things that were left behind. Yeah. How do how do we build on that? Right. Right. We can't just let them just die out. No. And there's got to be multi-purpose use for these lo- these places Absolutely. in our community. Absolutely. Uh, it looks like a lot of people want to talk. To the Sunday yeah, forum. Let's see what they want to say. And then we got then we gotta get on the we gotta get on the we gotta get on the music, baby bubble. <laughs> All right, Bootsy. Uh, uh, my Bootsy like my Bootsy Collins uh invitation. Hey, yes I do. Yeah, baby bubble. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good to hear from him this week. Oh man, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Number to call is eight one three two three nine nine six six three. Remember, next week is our fundraiser. Yes. Go ahead, caller. You're on the Sunday Forum. Caller. Caller, you're going to have to call back because your voice, something's going on with your, with the sound on your end. Yeah. Okay, call back, 813-239-9663. Want to hear from you now, okay? Go um, ahead, call We want to make sure because we have the battery low. want to make yeah. sure we, we get these up here so these folks can hear what's being said. Call Welcome to the Sunday Forum. Yeah, thank you so much. You know, how you doing there, brother? All right, how you doing? Fine, fine. You know, I posted two things on We were talking about these shootings that took place in Tulsa, uh, Oklahoma, and, 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 and Texas. And particularly one in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where you had a doctor that was shot by the patient uh, uh, who was seeking pain relief and had had some surgery done. Yeah. Well, it just so happened that one of the guys who writes for our column, and we've been writing about this year at TheNorm.com, knew this doctor, okay? And he wrote a scathing article. And he had been writing to the Justice Department about how uh, uh, these policies, uh, particularly the ones that have been set forth by the CDC, or who were developed by a guy named Andrew Karate, a devout racist who said that racism was good and that it protected black people from, as you can pull this up, this is out of the New York Times, Andrew Karate. Okay? And the CDC adopted his guidelines. And Dr. Walter Wren who is a member of Omega Psi Phi fraternity, has uh, raised heck about this. He found himself targeted. So uh, he knew Dr. Uh, uh, Preston uh, 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 Phillips. And, and Preston Phillips followed the guidelines. He said, well, I'm going to try to follow it because other black doctors have been attacked by these uh, these uh, new policies and if this doctor would have, he would have given this patient appropriate pain care, they would have come and investigated him. And sure enough, by following the rules, he lost his life. Now, here's the foundation behind what Dr. Phillips knew. Dr. Phillips is not the only black doctor, any doctor that graduated from Harvard who was an orthopedic surgeon who had this same problem. There's a story of a doctor, Harvey Jenkins, pull him up. Harvey Jenkins, he's an MD spine surgeon, took care of took the, uh, uh, one of the, uh, a world-renowned surgeon. Right, like I said, came out of Harvard uh, to do these back, back surgeries, and he would give the patients proper pain care. And next thing you know, there comes the DEA. He caught, classified him as a drug dealer and, and those sort of things and seized all of his assets. And the thing about Harvey, there's another thing about Harvey that they they, they didn't like. Harvey was, not only was he a world-renowned surgeon, but he was gay and black. And so uh, that is something that, uh, that, that, that guys like Preston, and then look at Gregory Belcher. Gregory Belcher is a was is an orthopedic surgeon. It was an orthopedic surgeon. Captain of the United States Navy. Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity wrote an article about the injustice that was done to Gregory Belcher and Gregory Belcher is in prison right now for one year. Right? Let me let me let me let me let me wait 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 wait
involving this issue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because in our communities, we have a we have a health desert, healthcare desert. Just like we have a food desert, we have a healthcare mm-hmm. desert. One of the reasons we have a healthcare desert is because of what Dr. Clement is saying right now. Um, and this is something that has to be addressed uh, because when we look at the housing issue, the housing crisis issue, um, we look at the healthcare desert, and we look at the food desert, all of them are connected, mm-hmm. right? We've got to address this issue and let the public know what's happening with regard to their black physicians, black pharmacists, black dentists, and so forth, and how these things are happening. When yeah. you have documentation like this man, hold a second, we have documentation like this man is presented each and every time. That's not his documentation, this is documentation from them that proves that there is a malfeasance in the operation uh, and investigations with regard to black dentists, black healthcare professionals, period, across the board. There's a problem. And I think we need to let people know what that problem is. So we're gonna Doc, what we're gonna do is we're gonna have we're gonna hold we're gonna Doctor, do a show on this, okay? Let me just say one thing. And if you when you do that show, don't bring me on. Bring Doctor Walter Wren on. You know, uh he he is a statesman. He's eighty something years old was on the national uh medical uh, national uh medical association's board. Bring bring him on. Bring Doctor Gravis Edwards on. What, what we're gonna do? The, I, I tell, yeah. what, what we're gonna okay. do is this. We're not, no, no. Listen, listen, listen. We're not gonna discuss this on, on here. Okay. We're not gonna discuss this on here. What we're gonna do is we're going to actually we're gonna produce the show. We're gonna have the show, and we're gonna bring these people on. Okay, so we'll organize it with you, um, and I, I will I will make sure to get in contact with you so that uh, you, Mabili, and I can actually put this thing together because we, this is a very serious issue that has to be resolved. Uh, and, and the public needs to know about it so that we can begin to address these issues as a whole. They are connected. We've got to deal with them. And we can no longer con- continue to um, just touch on it, you know, piecemealing it and things like that. We've done two episodes back-to-back on this issue. Uh, uh, I think it was about a year and a half ago, mm. maybe two years ago. Um, and, and we've got to do it again. We're going to do it again. So that's what we're going to do. And Thank we appreciate you so your, we definitely appreciate your call. And yeah, folks, you let me tell you, just remember, go to youarewithinthenorms.com and check it out. Youarewithinthenorms.com. Thank you so much, Dr. Norman yeah. Clement. Uh, that's a serious because issue. You, you, you're talking about just glossing over issues. Everybody likes to gloss over the gun issue and say, oh, it's mental health. But you gloss over mental health, too. And if you're taking doctors out, you know, especially in underserved communities, then you're not really addressing mm-hmm. the root causes of any problem. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. So um, we we have another call. Let's get to that call. Call it. Welcome to the Sunday Forum. Hello. Hello. Walter the second. Yes, sir. And Mika is not there today. The Queen. I'm 70 years old, going on 71. So um, I'm a I'm a senior citizen. Um, 71, 70 going on 35 actually. But um, anyway, um, I want to give my stint on Puerto Rico. I believe Puerto Rico should become a state or become independently autonomous, whatever that means. I don't think so. I don't think that's what I want. I, I think the Navy should apologize for Vieques and Culebra, and it should go back there. Navy sonar and Russian sonar, Navy sonar, cause whales to beach all over the, all over the world. The, the Russians are out there with their Navy. The independent activists can go to Cuba and cut sugar cane if they want, all right, to see how good it is there, all right. Um, it's not so good. The pharmacies in Cuba are, are, are empty. A wrestler who, who was a wrestler, a Cuban wrestler, his three kids uh, were sent to jail for 25 years because they protested. I, I think they were protesting against the fact that there was not, nothing in the pharmacies. Mexico, 
and Cuba have a pact. Mexico sent young medical students to Cuba to learn medicine, and Mexico gets Cuban doctors to go to outlying areas. That's good. Let, let me let, let me let me ask you a question because what you're saying is very valuable. Cri- cri- Right, right. Understood. I, I, we got that part, okay. But what I what I want to ask you has everything to do, everything to do with Puerto Rico, right? And and what part of are you from the island? Or are you New Yorkian or well, you see, from the mainland? That's another thing. The Dominicans can vote on the island and off the island. The Colombians can vote on the island and off the island. Oh, wait, 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 back up, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry. What do you mean Dominicans can vote on the island and off the island? What do you mean? Dominicans can vote for for their president, for their, for their, for Oh, okay, you mean for their president? Yes. Whether they're, okay, whether they are here on the mainland of the United States or whether they're... the Colombians too. Got you, got you, okay, okay. Puerto Rico should not be an exception. Understood. Understood. I agree with you 110. percent I agree with you 110. percent Now, now here, here's my question to you. Um, with regard to that, there are some real issues that uh, uh, regarding uh, Puerto Rico's ability to be independent, right? Well, what, what, what are your feelings on that? I don't think it should be independent. Okay. I think the Caribbean, Eugenio Maria de Hostos. The citizen of America in 1868, from 1868 to 18 to to, to, to almost uh, 1900, uh, he uh, so after ni- after 1900, he and he Luis Belvis and Ramon Emeterio Betances were, were the, went ahead of Simón Bolívar and and writ- wrote articles and did political activities. In, in those countries, in the countries of Central America, which were, were liberated by Simón Bolívar and Puerto Ricans who made general, and, and, and uh, I guess Dominicans who made general too, and, and generals too. The next island that was supposed to be freed, because Española had been freed by Alvin Toussaint and Toussaint Louverture, and had been isolated by, from the whole Western world, and then, then um, the, the Spanish side of the island, or the Dominican side of the island broke off and decided and let Spain come back in. Or Spain come back in. Anyway, whatever the case is, um, Maria de Osto, during the Spanish-American War, we had autonomy already from Spain. We had autonomy already. Mm-hmm. No Puerto Rican had any business on San Juan Hill. All right. Teddy Roosevelt and his Rough Riders, Buffalo Soldiers, Cowboys, and uh, Indians, Native Americans ran over one the day. They went. They went with the quarter horses and and they they went right over the uh, the precipice and and uh, they beat the Spanish. Who blew up the main? That's we, the question. We, we get we we get that part. Yeah. We we Jose Jose Jose. We get that part, and, and we are going to revisit this again. This is going to be another thing we're going to talk about at some point. Um, is the history of Puerto Rico and and um, both uh, New Yorkians uh, and the or I say I say New Yorkians, but Puerto Ricans that come to the mainland uh, and are here in the state of Florida, New York, wherever they are, and in on the main on the on the island homeland, right? Um, because I think it's important for us to know its history. Uh, but I think it's also important for us to understand the, the ravages of colonization, uh, on the island and its real impact. Uh, so we're going to go in depth on that. We're going to go in depth on that. But I wanted to make sure that we stay kind of on track, not kind of, but stay on track with regard to what we are, um, what we were talking about, um, regarding Puerto Rico and its independence, um, on, on its There's own, corruption right? in Puerto Rico. The pension plans were messed up. The, the money was taken, used for something else by various governors. And uh, the police, hey, they haven't solved the, the case of the prosecutor, the woman prosecutor who was killed there about eight years ago, eight years ago. And it was a hit. It wasn't a, a just just a, a, a sporadic sign, sign, um, 
act of violence, it was a hit. And they, a nurse was killed, too. They don't respect old people there anymore. Like Hector Lavo in his song, actually, my check that says, you have to respect the old, you respect the old. They don't respect anybody there anymore, okay? They don't respect anybody anymore. They have influences from Colombia and from other places in Latin America. There was a, um, in Don Francisco show one time, there was a man with a dog. So, so that everybody knows that I'm, I know, I know who Don Francisco is, right? Uh, from Sabado Gigantes, correct? Yes. Okay, so everybody knows Sabado Gigante. If you watch Sabado Gigante, which is Saturday, a big Saturday, right? Watch that on, on Telemundo, folks, uh, uh, with, uh, its host, its legendary host, uh, you know, what is his name again? Um, Don, I can't help you out on that because I don't remember. So you just said his name. You just said his name. Don Francisco. Don Francisco. That's right. Don Francisco. That's right. So make sure you watch. Make sure you watch that, uh, folks. If you want to watch, if you want to know something about Don Francisco, you got to watch Sabado Gigante on Telemundo. Well, I know he's not. He's not in that show anymore. He has another. He's doing something else. Okay. Okay. He was, he was a Chilean. Okay. He, uh, he was a Jewish Chilean. And he had that show all, all through during the time that uh, Pinochet was in power. Mm. And they were in danger of getting another Pinochet, Pinochet in Chile. The United States has to use the Monroe Doctrine correctly, correctly, use it correctly, the Monroe Doctrine. They have to, they have to promote democracy correctly. Okay, <laughs> not... Problem. We have a problem with that. <laughs> we have a real problem with that in this country. <laughs> Standing problem. <laughs> Listen, we got we we're gonna we're gonna bring you back, man. And, and I know you got to call back when we talk about this. And you're welcome to call back when we play some of these songs that are coming in for, for black for Black Music History Month. Because one of the things that we talk about. Thank you so much, Fredo. One of the things that that uh, that we that we that we are about here is pan Africanism, right? And we have, we make sure that we talk about we talk about black history or black music history. You're gonna hear some great music today. <laughs> you're gonna hear some great music today from a lot of different places. And you're even gonna hear a couple of white tunes that are very familiar that people don't a lot of people don't like to admit it. <laughs> right, but they liked it. They liked it. So what we're gonna do is uh, we have a song. We have a song. Uh, that is that. Tell me about it, man. This is uh, this is crazy, man. Well, yeah, the, the uh, National Public Radio did a show uh, this week commemorating uh, black music, and yes. one of the things they commemorated was the funk music. And a young man by the name of Lettuce, he calls himself Lettuce, he produced the song sitting around during the height of the pandemic. Uh, was sitting around, and he reached out. He discovered. Funk music and discovered Boosie Collins, and he reached out to Boosie Collins, and Boosie Collins reached back out to him. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Because they were both sitting around in the pandemic looking for something to do. Oh, man. And uh, this guy decided to uh, ask Boosie Collins, uh, made a statement to Boosie Collins because he said, I'm a young man and I just want to keep the funk alive. Hey, man, I wish somebody called you during the, <laughs> during the pandemic. Well, I think, you know. Hey. God damn. would have been. Nice. <laughs> so it was good that this guy did, said that to Boosie because when Boosie heard Keep the Funk Alive, Boosie said, oh, let's do that. Let's do it, baby, boy. <laughs> so we're going to listen to it right here. Keep that funk alive right here by Boosie Collin and Lettuce on Sunday Forum. <laughs>
then we grow So be careful how you sow Like stardust illuminating the sky Once so beautiful, then we dawn Tune to the Sunday Forum NPR updates next. That's classic. That's classic, it. man. That, that is Instant great. classic. <laughs> that is great. To see the young folk that I can say that now. Yeah. I got this, this gray on my beard now. To see young folk that usually, man, they had no idea. Right. This generation has no idea where this music comes from, dude. And they are missing out on so much when they don't pay attention to it. Right, and mm-hmm. just take it for granted. Listen, we're going to NPR just a minute. Keep that phone call. <laughs> I love yeah, it. You know, this is, this is, you know, we're talking about what's going on in Florida. We're going to talk about what's going on in the state of Florida, what's going on in the United States, but mainly in the United and how, how it affects us here. But we're also going to be talking about black and celebrating black music history month right here on the Sunday Forum. We're going off to NPR in just a few minutes, folks. Please hang out with us. Watch us on Facebook. Hang tight. Share, like, get your friends to watch. We'll be 